Dan Healy here from the Miami Hitch UK. Before we come into today's episode, I just want to tell you about our new sponsor, that is At Mugs NFL. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this guy's account now. They specialise in the personalisation of any sports team mugs and t-shirts and hoodies so you give them whatever team you want in whatever color scheme with whatever player name whatever player number you want and they will put it on a mug t-shirt or hoodie don't be put off by their twitter handle which is at mugs nfl because it's not just the nfl they do any sports any american sport any english sport whatever you want they will put it on a mug t-shirt or hoodie so go and check them out secondly We are now part of the Overtime Heroics Network. Please check out OvertimeHeroics.net for more great American sports content. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as At the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Heating Up the UK. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and uh, I'd like to thank everybody before we start today's episode. Uh, welcome to the new followers. Um, since we've re-announced a, a bit of a revamp to the accounts, we've, uh, um, you know, a reformat to the, uh, to, to the website and to the podcast and so on, there's been an influx of new followers. So if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Uh, this is a Miami Heat UK-based podcast and the... A uh, new format will see five regular guests uh, joining me uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, people that you will know and faces you will have seen before. People such as uh, Mike Inglis, uh, Will Manso, Ethan Skolnick, um, David Ramil, and over from the UK, big, big Heat fan uh, in Darren Carter. So they're all going to be joining me uh, quite regularly um, on Heat's Up UK. So thank you for, uh, for subscribing. And uh, also, if you haven't checked it out before, please check out the website MiamiHeatsUK.com. We have a bunch of new contributors working on the web. Lots of new articles dropping. Um, free released last week. That will continue to go on as the season starts again. So please check that out. And finally, before we come on to the episode, please also ha- have a look at our YouTube channel. This is Miami Heat UK TV. We've got two brand new shows about to drop on there in the next couple of weeks. Uh, first one will be a heat-related weekly show with uh, hosted by myself, which will be basically the goings on uh, in in heat fandom and what's going on there that'll be good fun and then there'll be another show called tepid takes that'll be again joined with me and two other guests as we look at some of the wider nba issues so please feel free to uh, to listen and subscribe to the youtube channel as well so on to today's episode and i have joining me today none other than miami heat touchline reporter mr will manso will how are you doing sir thank you for being patient <laughs> No, it's okay. It's good to be here, and uh, I'm glad we get to catch up and talk some real basketball <laughs> and yes. games coming up, so that's good news. Yes, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, the last time that we spoke, if you hadn't uh, listened to that episode, this was about two weeks after the, the NBA got suspended, and so we was right at the beginning of, uh, of this lockdown, and uh, that episode was a lot of fun. It was the start of a series that we did interviewing uh, a lot of the guys that work for the Heat and report for the Heat, etc. Um, and um, Will, last time actually we spoke, uh, you was actually um, perfecting things like TikTok dances, and you was drinking beer for breakfast. I'm assuming um, both of these may have uh, had to take a bit of a, 
a stop for the time being. Now we're back into some sports reporting, yeah? That was the first month. The first month, there were no rules. It was just, you know, get by until something happens. And then it got slower, you know. All of a sudden, the diet had to change. The, you know, the, the work pattern had to change. And now, luckily, we're back to reality. I was going crazy a little bit, so it's nice to have some sports. <laughs> This is it. Actually, I, I was watching your because uh, it's still on your pinned tweet, your TikTok dance with your daughters, and uh, I mean that was, I mean that was earlier on, and you, I mean surely now you've just nailed that, right? You know, we've been practicing new ones, but the kids are so they have more time. I have to tape stuff all day for work, and so by the time I catch up, they're like twenty rounds in, so I can't, I can never keep up with them, ever. Fair enough, and um, obviously uh, there would be a uh, there would be a real good excuse if you were still drinking beer for breakfast at the moment because uh, the, there's the there's a Biscayne Bay brewery that's just uh, sort of come uh, into fruition with a lot of accounts that are now sponsoring the Marlins, they're sponsoring into Miami uh, Five Reasons Sports as well. Um, have you tried this lovely, fantastic beer? I mean, we're we're obviously the other side of the globe, so there's no chance. But just from the packaging alone, it looks absolutely on point. Have you tried this? I did about a week ago, the Marlins sent a package and I, they said, Hey, there's a package downstairs where I live. And I said, okay, I wonder what this is a Marlins package. And it was a six pack of beer. So that night I chilled it, made sure it got cool. Then I had a couple that night. I still have about three in the fridge uh, that I have to finish this week. And it's very good beer. Very good. Beer. It's a local company here. And this one particular had the Marlins logo. So I was, yeah, impressed. yeah I, I was, uh, it was a nice surprise, but not for breakfast. Be honest though, Dan. I had it for dinner. It was a little bit better. <laughs> Brilliant. No, well, uh, obviously one day when I get over, that will be uh, that will be tasted and reviewed for sure. But that's great stuff. Anyway, let's come on to some sports. So finally, we have basketball almost back in our lives. Um, so there's a couple of topics we need to talk about today. Um, but coming right up to the prison. But before we do, the the, the sort of main massive talking point, I suppose, this last week just gone by is obviously the. The positive tests we've had uh, from COVID nineteen for Bam Adebayo and Kendrick Nunn. Now this is this was known by obviously a lot of the media and, and kept very quiet, which I think is fantastic and and very honourable uh, that, that the media managed to keep this all in house. Um, now obviously from what we hear and I can only go by Twitter and things like that, the players are in good health. They're mm-hmm. um, working out still on their own, obviously away from uh, they're not in Orlando yet, etc. Is there any immediate update on that? Uh, bulletin at the moment or uh, uh, is uh, I assume everything's still in fine health and there's no been no deterioration that you've heard no well as we tape now uh, I had just heard from Eric Spolster he was uh, addressing the media today after practice and he said uh, two things when it comes to the COVID situation number one is that no player on the heat that traveled to Orlando has had to miss practice so meaning in an indirect way he's basically saying all tests have been passed in Orlando there's no issue in Orlando yet no player has been injured and no player has had any illness uh, so all 15 guys who traveled have been practicing as for Bam and Kendrick the update is is not a significant one it they're still not there in Orlando uh, they are as you said all reports indicate you know from what I've heard from others as well and it's a sensitive subject when it comes you know when you weigh injury to sure, illness sure. it's a little bit of a sensitive subject but the, the main theme has been that the guys are okay. You know, they're dealing with it. Yeah, we got the chance to hear from Derek Jones Jr. for the first time since he returned to the team, and he was the first player who had to deal with it. And Derek said simply, look, I didn't even know I had it. I didn't have any symptoms. I followed the quarantine. I stayed in my room. I played video games. I tried to stay healthy. 
in shape and now he's at practice and he says he feels the same. So, you know, all indications are that Kendrick and Bam, when they are cleared, when they had those negative tests and they've gone through quarantine, will be able to rejoin the team in Orlando and that the health issue will not be an issue. But again, this is a sensitive subject. It's, it, you know, it, it's one of the new realities, like we like to say. Uh, and we'll see later in the week and into the weekend uh, if they return, how they're feeling. Yeah, that, that, that's that's promising. That's good to hear. So um, now, uh, assuming when they do come back um, and they're, they're past and now no longer, uh, contr- you know, they, they come back healthy and negative and so on. Um, is it a situation, do you feel that, um, will, will they be ready to go by the start of this season or, or, or for, uh, in terms of scrimmage games? Or do you think that that would be too early? Do you think we're now looking at um, regular season or, or are they perhaps going to miss some of those games, do you feel? Well, I think the the plus side for the players that tested positive already and had to deal with it now uh, is that there is time. You know, so once you get past the point, hey, are they okay? You know, are they going to be okay? Is there any issues going on? Once you get past that and they're back in good health, the plus side is you have a few weeks. You still have a couple of weeks before they play, you know, the real games August 1st. But even the, the scrimmages and the other games that they'll play, those are things you can ease your way in. Spo did say after practice today, again, as we tape after practice, that depth is key, more pivotal. His exact words is, I don't think there's been a time where you need guys more than you need them now. So even if Bam or Kendrick, when they return, uh, are a tad limited just till they catch up, I think by design, Eric Spolcher knew that he would likely have to go 10, 11, 12 maybe even up to 13 deep, depending on if there are any other issues. And let's not forget, basketball players get hurt. Athletes get hurt. So this isn't even about COVID as much. If COVID is the serious situation, if there were to be an outbreak or players had issues, this is just strictly a basketball. If a guy has a sprained ankle, a jam, uh, a jammed toe, an injured hand, I mean, whatever it may be, injuries that pop up, I think Eric Spolster knows he's going to need all these guys. So I don't think, to your point on, on getting them ready, I don't think in this case it's as big of an issue because I think going in, they knew they're going to need as many guys possible to get through this grind. Yeah, that, that brilliantly summarized. And I think that that's something that um, Miami are absolutely blessed with is this this depth we have. I mean, all the way through the roster, even way all the way down to even some of the rookies like you know Chris Silver and, and Casey Apollo, you could still even rely on them to come in and give you some solid minutes. It's incredible in that sense. So do you think then that that's... Uh, I think we have heard Spo say it, that he's going to use his depth, especially during the regular season. Now, in terms of if, for example, Bam and Kendrick aren't quite ready, aren't quite up to speed, maybe especially in those earlier games, who do you think, obviously, because they're, they're two starters and they're two successful starters, especially when you look at the start of this season, um, they were pivotal in, uh, in in that success we had early on. Um now, say they're not quite ready. Do you think it's as simple as, for example, Goron slots in and maybe Derek Jones or something like that? Or do you think it might be maybe go another way? Well, I think if I think we have to go by the pattern of Eric Spolster, which is he is not afraid to move lineups around. I've always joked that Spo's like a mad scientist throwing things into a pot and trying to see, you know, what formula he can come up with. And in this situation, I think Spo, you know, he more than ever is probably – in the three or four months that the Heat had that where they were doing Zoom meetings and stuff, Spose referenced it that, you know, hey, I had rotations and thoughts in my mind. And now as they are in Orlando, those thoughts are going even more so because now you have these concerns, you know, hey, when is this guy going to be back? How is he going to be feeling? Let's work things around. So I think he's got enough options. You know, you mentioned a couple there. 
I think if Spo, Spo has shown he's not afraid to throw a Jay Crowder in the starting lineup, a Derek Jones Jr. in the starting lineup. You mentioned Gord. I mean, you go down the list. Every guy on this team has seemed to get their name called. Let's not forget veterans like Andre Guadala, who they've kind of been easing in even before everything happened. So you have so many moving parts that I really think the eight games before the playoffs is going to give Spo a chance to really mix and match. But I think once they get into the playoffs, barring any other setbacks from a health, physical standpoint, illness or injury, Spoh's going to have his idea of a starting lineup, which is going to be similar to the one that had success throughout the year and go from there. He's not going to be afraid to move guys around. But I think the window of eight games before the playoffs, because let's not forget, Dan, the focus for the Heat really still is the playoffs. I mean, they're in it. We know that it'll likely be Indiana or Philly. There's, you know, there's a chance it could be Boston. But the bottom line is they need to be ready, healthy, in shape when those playoffs begin, and that really is the focus. Yeah, definitely. And the, the, just talking about that again, like the, the, with the regular se- uh, season and the seeding as it is at the moment. Um, yeah, I think that looking at now these schedules that have come out um, and the Heat have been uh, have been. Yeah, not not dealt the kindest card there um, with with their regular schedule, and, and you look at people like Boston who they're trying to catch one of the easier runnings that they've got. So even though Miami would always look forward and always look to try and catch that team in front of them, I, yeah. I think it's probably fair to say the the scenario will be the best case scenario will probably be to hold position and maybe looking over our shoulders a bit more rather than looking forward towards Boston just by how the uh, how the uh, fixtures have run. So. With that being said, and um, we, we, we're currently two games, I believe, ahead of Indiana and Philadelphia. Now, Philly didn't look like they was going to have Oladipo back. Uh, sorry, Indiana didn't look like they was going to have Oladipo back, but now it look, there's the rumours that he is going to come back. So that's a boost for them. Do you see any scenario where we get leapfrogged by either of these two guys, especially with like maybe Philadelphia, maybe the, the, the break has come at a good time for them when they was on a bad run and obviously not doing well away from home and so on, hostile crowd at home, etc. Do you think that, that that break maybe see a rejuvenation for someone like Philadelphia? I and mean, should we be worried that we may be dropping down maybe as low as fifth or sixth here? You know, I, I think, to be honest with you, Dan, the seedings to me became less relevant when the the NBA decided they were going to try the Orlando plan because of the lack of home court, you know, and, and now you look at this, let's say the heat were four and they were playing Indy five. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's still Indy. You know what I mean? And let's say the heat were five and playing Indy four, Philly four, Indy five, you know what I mean? So the mechanisms of the number that's next to you aren't really significant now because you don't have a home court advantage. And by the way, the team you're playing doesn't have a home court advantage. So it really does come down to which team is the most prepared, which team is the healthiest, which team has the mental capacity to deal with everything that's going on. And I think when you look at the heat, that's all they can worry about. That's all they can control. I know fans are looking at the eight game schedule and thinking, man, that's a brutal schedule. That's a lot of good teams, but Let's face it, when you're in the playoffs, you only face good teams. I mean, whether it's Indiana or Philly or Boston, those are good basketball teams. And those are teams that can certainly give the Heat troubles and beat the Heat regardless of everything that's happened. Even if it was the regular season and and this season went on normal and you had home court and go to the road, whatever it may be. So I think for the Heat, the number, the seeding isn't as important anymore as in making sure you're mentally and physically ready for the challenge. Because I think we knew all along those teams we've mentioned are going to be tough challenges for the Heat. But I think on the flip side, I think those teams are thinking, hey, if we have to face the Heat, that's a tough challenge as well. So there is no edge. There is no 
there is no team that really has the inside track on anything because everyone is in the same situation of having to deal with something that they've never had to deal with before, playing in a closed-in setting with no home court advantage, no travel, and having to see how you navigate with that through health and everything else. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be uh, it's going to be foreign, that's for sure. It's going to be exciting, and they could throw up a few results because, as you said, the the whole hostile environment, the home court advantage, all of that's gone. It's now purely down to playing ability, skill, and and uh, just application, I suppose, of the the will for these players to win. So, um, last uh, question on the depth before we come through to uh, to, to my next segment. Now. We, as we've just said, Miami are blessed with with a lot of depth. Problem, there's an argument to say prob, maybe even the deepest team in the whole league. Yeah. Now, we will see a lot of rotating going on during um, regular season games, the last eight games here. Now, when it comes to the playoffs, where it's typically normally then you, you focus on seven, eight, maximum nine, if that. Um, do you feel that that will still be the case? Or do you think Spo will trust some of the lower rotation games uh, guys still to give you some, some solid minutes? Or do you think it will be get back to the grind? You, you, you trusted seven or eight. Well, I think in a perfect world, which obviously we don't live in a perfect world now with everything that's going on, but in a, you know, from the NBA perspective, in a perfect situation, Spo does tighten that rotation to eight or nine guys. But I just think it's such a unique situation, Dan, where you don't really know what's going to happen that I think it's fair to assume. And again, Spo touched on it after practice. He said, I don't think you've ever needed more guys than you do now. Like I could see a situation where all, you know, the, the, there's about 13 guys in this roster who have been rotation guys at the NBA at some point, whether it's with the Heat or elsewhere. You know, and that includes a guy like Solomon Hill. I mean, the, the, the Heat have parts that can fill. Uh, in a perfect world, yes, eight or nine would be ideal. I think in this imperfect world we live in and with the way things are in these unique circumstances, I think 10 or 11 is more likely in depending on the game, the matchup we talked earlier, you know, you mentioned the last sec- last question about who they play. There are certain matchups that maybe dictate certain guys more than other guys. So I think Spo is going to leave his options open. And look, and that's that's not even discussing the elephant in the room, which is if a guy were to get injured or had illness, then you're talking about more shuffling. So I think to think that it's just going to be eight or nine, even if it's the playoffs and that's what Spo would want. Is probably not likely. I think you're going to likely see more 9, 10, 11 guys. And again, depending on any injuries or any other situation, up to all the guys that have had key rotation minutes in the league could be used at some point in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, um, if it goes that way, there's not many teams that are more put a better positioned than Miami. That is for sure. We've spoke about it many times. So that's that's great. Okay, well, let's come on to the next segment. Now, last night we, we heard from... Jimmy Butler and Derek Jones Jr. on on the Zoom calls. Um, I've got to get me part of these Zoom calls. I don't know how I'll get access to it, but I've got to get involved in this. You got to get yeah, you got to. I got to get you the heat email so you can get in there, get in there and listen. That'd be to great. This. Yeah, I'll leave it with your in your capable hands. Um, but we, um, I was going through it, um, obviously on on Twitter, etc., and listening to uh, to the guys talking. And uh, there's a couple of interesting points that uh, Jimmy brought up. Um, first of all, let's start with the. Uh, the no name on the back decision from Jimmy and his sort of reasoning behind it mainly was the fact that without the NBA, he is nothing. So he stands as one with everybody else. Um, what, what's the, the, the explain it for anyone that might not know maybe uh, the decision behind this. You might be able to explain it better than me. What, what's the thinking behind Jimmy's position here? 
I think Jimmy is is a guy that, and if we've seen anything about Jimmy and learned in the year that he's been here, and it's not even been a year, but you know, it's a, it, it's been a year since he's been part of the franchise. But as far as this season, that's not even complete. Is that Jimmy is a guy who is very much about his word, you know, and he's a guy that's very much about his passion. And Jimmy is, and he said it yesterday, one hundred percent in on the messages of the NBA. Because remember, for those that are listening. Uh, the NBA gave a specific list of social justice messages that are allowed. Uh, I think there are some players that probably aren't happy about that, that rather they just had been able to say what they want to say. And obviously not something profane, but something impactful to them when it comes to social justice. A lot of players are going simply with Black Lives Matter. I think the Heat have six players who will have that on the back of their jerseys. But I think Jimmy, from his explanation was, look, I'm fine with the messages. I thought the messages were all impactful and powerful, and I support Black Lives Matter and the messages. But Jimmy's point is, I'm like every other black man in the sense that when I'm born and when I'm in this world, I have the same challenges. And my last name doesn't matter. The message doesn't matter. The fact I'm an NBA star doesn't matter. We are all the same. So I think Jimmy's message is, I don't want anything back there because I want people to understand that I am just a man, a black man who cares about his community and cares about the efforts that need to be made to improve the circumstances around his community and the issues going on in the community that are so important to, let's face it, the majority of NBA players who are a majority black. And I think Jimmy is, so his point was not, I don't believe in the messages that they're giving. That's contrary to that. He believes very much in the messages, but he believes that actions and what he can do for his community are more important than the message on the back of a jersey. And that includes his last name. So I hope that kind of puts it in an understanding because, again, Jimmy's a unique guy. He's very cerebral. He's He really thinks of the things that, that are important to him. And he doesn't just do things to do things. There's always a truth and a message behind it. And I respect that in Jimmy. He's a very, very thoughtful, impactful guy. And there's more to this message in Jimmy than just words on the back of a jersey. He really believes in actions, and, and I think that if anyone's going to prove that down the road with his actions, it's Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I think that was um, absolutely spot on. I, I, I loved it, loved listening to uh, to his reasons behind it. Um, I think that it was a really a really interesting and insightful way to, to put his message across. And uh, I've got to say, when you look at the, some of the guys that I've listened to with, you know, Jimmy and, and Andre Godala, Myers Leonard and UD, it, when you listen to what they've got to say, and I just think that it makes you incredibly proud of the team that we follow. And uh, uh, yeah, I thought that 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 way of doing it to no name and all the reasons you just perfectly explained there, I thought was a really really unique way to put your message across. And exactly what you said there, it's not just about the the talking; it's about yeah. the actions. You know, talking's great and that's fine, but we've got to back it up with actions. So uh, yeah, brilliantly done. I thought that was great. And um, yeah, I thought that it was maybe a little bit strange. You touched on it there, the fact that there was sort of um, like a, a preferred list or so of of phrases or slogans. And you know, I thought that maybe that was a little bit disingenuous. I thought, well, who, you know, as long as you said there, as long as there's nothing that's too controversial or something that's profane, as you said, then why not let people go with what they want? I suppose it would still need to be authorised, but surely these are guys that, are, you know, are grown-ups and they, they understand what they've been through and everything else. So to, to give them a sort of set list, I thought was a little bit of a shame from the NBA. Yeah, I mean, look at it anyway. Just 
what's important in your life, right? If you think, okay, what's important in my life? What's an important message that I want to give in my life? Okay, there you go. Think of that message. You have it. Now look at this list and, and tell me what's the best message you want to use from that list if it's anywhere close to your message and, and you think to yourself, oh, I mean, okay, those are great messages, but that's not my message. That's not my feeling on the issue. So as much as I, I, I listen, I admire the NBA for giving the platform to players. Uh, I, I think what they're doing is certainly better than not doing something. But I, I will say that I, I, the only issue I had with it, and again, I think in the few players I've talked to about it, and, and I think you can kind of also read between the lines from players who have come forward on social media about it. Uh, you know, if you're going to give a person an opportunity to give their take on a cause and on an issue, let them give their take. But I do think it's still impactful. I think when we see the jerseys out there, you know, come when the games return and you see early on in the process those jerseys, I still think the message and the impact will be there. I just feel it could have been a little more significant if maybe you gave the players a little more leeway. Yeah, to- totally agree. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a hell of a lot of things that I really admire that the NBA have done throughout this, and they'll continue to do. They continue to be the leaders, I think, in in American sport. Um, so uh, yeah, it was just a little bit maybe of a shame that they they put a exactly what you said there. Yeah, you've got your messages. Well, how about these ones and choose which one you like. But anyway, as I said, um, hats off to them for 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 giving us a, a platform as, as 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 to speak. So right, one other thing then that um, that Jimmy was asked about was. The revisit of Indiana um, twice. We're playing them, and of course the uh, the PJ Tucker um, reunion that he'll have. So uh, the um, Jimmy said, "Look, you know, good player, good team. You know, they, they'll come to play, but we're going two and zero. A bit of fighting talk from Jimmy. Do you see it going any other way than that?" No, and you know, and with the thing with Jimmy is again back to the to the way he is. Jimmy doesn't talk to just talk. You know, Jimmy is not uh, a trash talker in the sense of just because it sounds funny and it's good words. There are guys that talk, you know, in in the league that are just, you know, it's fun. It it makes the game fun. Jimmy backs it up. And Jimmy is focused on every game and every situation. And trust me, while he says, hey, it's just two games on the schedule. And I would he said he's like, I'd like the Heat's chances, you know, in both games. In his mind, it's a challenge to him. He knows it. He knows that people are going to be looking at him. If Jimmy goes out and scores, you know, 13 points on uh, five of 20 shooting and the Heat lose, he knows it's going to look bad on him and that the criticism is going to be on him. And as a leader, he doesn't want that aside from the criticism on him, but losing a game. So I think you'll get the best Jimmy in those games as you do in most games and the effort and the energy. And there's no doubt that he has those games circled. And Man, if they meet in that first round, my goodness, how much fun that will be. And that's one of the things that, look, we're talking about basketball. We're talking about rivalries. We're talking about trash talk. It's so nice and refreshing to get back to that. And I think for someone like Jimmy who lives, eats, sleeps, breathes basketball, no one has that's more impactful and meaningful for returning than Jimmy Butler. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and sorry, I realised I said PJ Tucker there. Of course, it's not. It's Miles Turner. So excuse that. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. That's going to be real fun. And um, yeah, no, it is, Tucker. it is Tucker. It is Tucker. Oh, it is Tucker. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is Tucker. Yeah. yeah. But at this point, <laughs> it might be every Pacer because every Pacer is going to have it out for uh, for, for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> okay. Um, coming on to the uh, Derek Jones. Uh, obviously, great to have him back um, healthy. Now he said that you know he he obviously after contracting corona that he didn't really feel any um side effects no symptoms and he's come back in full health so that's fantastic to by the way i I wanted to cut you off for a second only because we didn't uh 
we didn't. It was uh, you said. Who did you say? Talk. You, you were thinking T.J. Warren. Well, yes, you said, sorry. <laughs> so T.J. Tucker. Okay, so you had you had P.J. Tucker. <laughs> we got too many basketball player names coming up. That's what it was. <laughs> it was. There it was, we go. Said that I'm like, wait, what? No, T.J. Ward. T.J. Ward. We, was we there. got there in the end. We got there in the end. So <laughs> that, uh, yeah. To me, all the time on air. Sometimes I'll say a guy's name. And, I'll, and my producer will say, hey, you said this guy's name, but that wasn't his name. And I'll be like, oh, I, I think I just combined two basketball players into one, you know. <laughs> so it's all uh, There's always one mess up. Every episode I always – I listen back and go, oh, I got that bit wrong. But well, never we mind. We, we live and learn. Corrected it in time. You don't have to correct it at the end. There, there we go. Um, so, yes, Derek Jones. So, first of all, most infor- first and foremost, in full health, didn't really feel any side effects. So, that's fantastic news. The only other real nugget that came out from, from Derek Jones was his, his words, his phrase saying, I love Miami. I want to be here forever. Now, he's obviously uh, an expiring contract at the end of the season. And, you know, th- th- there'll be suspicions where he'll perhaps will command a bit of a fee that he'll um he'll, he'll have earned that money as well but the heat back their guys especially guys who they've developed so do you see this going any other way than uh re-signing man dan that's a good question you know i go back and forth and it certainly isn't because of Derek's ability and it certainly isn't because of the way the heat feel about Derek. they love Derek. he loves them i've had conversations with Derek about, you know, and throughout the season and before the season, I remember seeing him in the offseason last year of how much he loves it here, of how much he appreciates the chances that he's gotten here, the belief they have in him. And they do believe in him. Uh, he's not just airplane mode a dunker to this team. His defensive ability, which is so important to the Heat, they value so much. Uh, his energy, obviously, yeah, his hops, but his improved jump shot, his, his lack of fear to get to the basket and to try to create something that he continues to try to improve so all that said, I do think the Heat would like to resign him. I do think that he will be a priority this offseason. But then there's the flip side. The Heat are always thinking big. And when you think big, you're thinking of, look, there's already the talk of Victor Oladipo being out there. We know the Bradley Beal rumors that have been open for a couple of years now. We understand that everybody's looking at Giannis Antetokounmpo in a couple of years of what could be. So while the Heat, I think, are going to focus on trying to resign Derek, I really think that he's part of their core if there is any situation where the Heat then can go out and get any of those names I just mentioned or another superstar or a combo of superstars, I think pretty much most of the rosters on the table outside of the, you know, BAM and the, and the real core guys. And unfortunately, I think that includes Derek Jones Jr. as being someone who may not be there for the long term. Now, again, if you ask me now, will the Heat re-sign Derek Jones Jr.? I, I think they will. I think that he's part of their priority in the offseason. I think he'll stay here. I think he wants to be here. I think they want him here. But if there's an opportunity to think big and get a star player, all bets are off. You know, and that, unfortunately, in Derek's situation for, for his Miami career, includes him as far as what the future could hold. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, um, you know, we, we, we love our exciting players, and he's one of the most exciting in the league. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a no-brainer. If, if something that we think was going to happen, that we can get that big player, then that's another great advantage about this squad is it's because it's so deep. Um, there's a lot of players that uh, you could package a good deal around to get a, a, a star as such. So uh, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, we all love Derek Jones. So uh, there'll be no no uh, disgruntled fans, I'm sure, if we see him resign. That'd be, that'd be good news. Right, um, I'm conscious of time and I know you've got to get to work. So just very, very quickly... Um, now, the Marlins came out not so long ago, about a week or so ago, to, with their phrase of why not us when talking about a reduced season. 
Um, and now it's rather than this long marathon, we're now at a sprint of a short season. And they're saying, look, we're in there. We're, why not us? Was their slogan. Now, according to the odds over here, the Miami Heat aren't quite as outside favourites as what the Marlins are to win a championship this year. Now, just to give you an idea, the Marlins are currently about 500 to 1 still to pick up a championship this year. Miami Heat, according to uh, to our bookmakers over here, are around 28 to 1. Okay. Now, we um, we they see, the bookies see nine teams ahead of Miami. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, Will. What are those nine teams that they predict, predict that are more favorites to win the title this year than Miami then the heat then the heat yes well I mean I, I think you gotta have you know Milwaukee yep the Lakers yep uh I they probably have the Sixers ahead yep. of the unfortunately I think that'll that'll be uh, a team that they think of uh Toronto yep uh the Clippers yep uh Boston yep how many do I have so far? You have six. Three more to get. Uh, Denver. I saw, I think Denver. Denver. Ahead. Yes, they're there. Uh, two more. I have two left. Two left. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Both out west. Yeah. Uh, I think Utah. Utah is one. Yes. Last one. And last one, team that they would pick ahead of Miami. I can't imagine it's OKC, but I'll have to say OKC. It's not OKC. It's Houston. Oh, Houston. I'm, bit, I'm, I'm actually a bit surprised with that. Um, I mean, Houston are actually full favourites over here, according to the bookies, which I, I'm a bit surprised. I think they're way too high for that. Yeah. I mean, great team. No, you know, don't get me wrong. But. I could see why they would just because of Harden and Westbrook. I mean, they, they, you yeah. know, odds makers. And, I, and let's face it, the Heat don't get – the Heat have been the team that all year – while they have been – all year long, one of the top eight teams in the league, seven or eight teams in the league, sometimes in the top five in the league record-wise, I don't think there's been a lot of respect for them. I think there's a lot of people that think that, hey, this is a team that could, that could easily flame out in the playoffs. I don't think there's a lot of faith in the Heat, which is fine. I don't think they care. I really don't. I don't think they care. I think this team knows that at full throttle with the depth we talked about you know, during this podcast, the depth that they have, uh, I think they feel they can play and beat anyone. Look, they beat has Toronto beaten them this year? What has Milwaukee done against them this year? The Heat aren't. They played the Lakers tough in games that get right down to the wire. The Heat aren't afraid of anybody. I mean, the Heat. The Heat can play and know they can beat anyone in the league. And in a situation like this, where who knows how the heck anyone's going to respond, I like Miami's chances. Well, there you go. I was going to ask you, yeah, why not us? Is there a chance? And yet yeah, you've just you've just answered it there. Why why not us? Indeed, you know, do not do not. Wait, Dan, on a why not us for the Marlins? That's a whole different story. Why not us? Because they're in a brutal division and they're not as good as the teams in the division. And and uh, it's going to be – and they have a brutal schedule because of their division in a 60-game season. I like where the Marlins are going, you know, building-wise. But, yeah, why not us? Unfortunately, it's because they're not good enough right now than the teams that are that are in their division. And, and you know, even the Braves just signed Yasiel Puig and they've got Acuna and, and, and you know, stack lineup, even with Nick Marcakis being out for the year. Um, it's just in the Nationals, the defending champs. I mean, uh, Bryce Harper on the Phillies. The Marlins have a brutal schedule, but I do like where they're going building-wise. It's just this is going to be a rough, rough 60-game stretch for them, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, I mean, I'm part of a Marlins podcast as well, and we, we get carried away way too much on there. I mean, when you when you break it down to uh, to what we've got ahead of us, like you've just said there, you think there is no chance, but we're, we normally... 
it'll be good for them to go through this season to play those teams. Like Matt only said, it's almost like a pennant race. I think it'll be a positive for these young kids then when hopefully next year in the full season returns that maybe they can you know, play with the big boys, so to speak, and be in that group. Brilliant. Yeah, we shall see. It's all coming back, though. Sport is coming back, and that's what we are here for. Great stuff. Um, Will, are you? I, I know that people like Eric and John and uh, Jackson and so on are going to be still in and around calling games uh, at the American Airlines Arena. Are you included in that? Because I suppose it's a bit more tough for your role, isn't it? Yeah, no, I will not be part of it. Because remember, when I work with the Heat stuff, it's always till the end of the regular season. I don't work during the playoffs because I work for my my day job. You know, I work for the ABC affiliate in Miami. I just cover the games for them. So my my role now moving forward for the rest of this season is I won't be involved in the final eight games. If that's going to be a really smaller broadcast there from the from the studios at the arena with Jacks, you know, Eric and John calling the games, Ruth and Coach Rothstein uh, providing analysis. Uh, that'll be it. Um, you know, for, for the final eight games. And then the playoffs, we'll see, you know, how the plan goes for the playoffs as far as those guys, how they do in studio. Because remember, the playoffs then become network stuff where it gets into ESPN and ABC and TNT and all TBS, all that stuff. So my role uh, with the Heat is just covering them for the for my day job with the ABC affiliate. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, brilliant. Right, Will, um, I really appreciate you joining us. I know you've got to get going. Um, where can everyone, in case they don't know, where can everyone find you on Twitter? Just simple enough, at Will Manso is my, my Twitter handle. Always love chatting heat, good, bad, or ugly. And I hope that we can all chat some good heat deep into the playoffs because it's been a long few months for everybody in the world. It's one of the rare times when we could say, like, hey, we're, we're all feeling each other's pain uh, and struggles. So hopefully the heat, for all us heat fans, uh, take us deep into the playoffs and let us forget some things and, and enjoy something other, you know, some sort of entertainment for a few months to get our minds off everything else. Yep, couldn't have said that better myself. We cannot wait for it over here. Brilliant. So, uh, Will, um, thank you very much for joining me. We'll talk again uh, maybe five, six weeks' time, something like that. And um, and until then, enjoy those last few uh, uh, Biscayne Bay brewery beers. Uh, Say yep. you want, hopefully we'll have a parade, a, a virtual parade, and we can drink one. We can drink one. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Okay, guys, that's uh, episode 23 of Heating Up the UK in the books. We'll be back next week, hopefully. With, uh, with Mike Inglis, um, but I'll confirm that in a week. Until then, stay safe and we'll, uh, we'll enjoy the games that are coming our way. See you soon.